fiends, scripteds, and omens, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name is Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about Pinata by Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. This is... Uh, I think Freddie Gibbs is like third studio album, but it's the first collaborative album between uh, Freddie Gibbs and the producer Madlib. Um, so did they do more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did another one called Bandana. Cool. That is uh, just as, if not more, critically well received as this one. Nice. Um, nice. Because uh, I, I mentioned that because this is kind of the big breakout album uh, for Freddie Gibbs. This was uh like wildly critically acclaimed album awesome yeah on album of the year it's it has it's uh got an 88 out of 100 it's listed as a must listen from album of the year.org it's you know it's a it's one of those it came out in hold on uh march 18th 2014 and uh really like almost immediately became one of those like this is a classic like thug gangster rap album gotcha yeah. uh i gotta say this is a little outside my usual yes. rap genre <clears throat> um considering most of the rap i listen to goes between like lil nas x clipping backwash right. rico nasty yeah. more... <laughs> i to be on the hyper pop and horror side yeah. of rap more so but this, i did enjoy this album when we listened through this, this is like one of those uh i made this joke yesterday when we were talking about it but this is like one of those youtube videos that's like i made my girlfriend play bloodborne but it's like i made my girlfriend listen to a drug rap album <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny because, like, our first date, I did make you come over and play Bloodborne. Yeah. So, you know. It's it's very funny because this album has, like, sort of this reputation as being, like, pitchfork core, mm-hmm. almost. It, like, it has this reputation of, like, the like the only people that I'm granted I'm this is from people that, like, talk shit on Twitter. But it's, like, the only people that listen to this album are, like, are, like, white 30-year-olds who read Pitchfork. <laughs> Do you feel a little attacked I by mean, that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since it took me a while to get into Freddie Gibbs. It's valid. That's um, valid. Before we get too much more yeah, into the yeah, album, yeah. Uh, let's check in with the My Boyfriend's News Corner. All right. Uh, what you got? So there's this article that's been going around a lot, and it's been receiving a, uh, a lot of hot takes on Twitter. Which, uh, had I thought about it, I would have saved more of the hot takes. Right. According to, I'm getting this from NME.com, a study finds that 50% of vinyl buyers in the U.S. don't own a record player. Which, like, who's, where is this info and data coming from? Like, as somebody that's very critical of these kind of, like, headlines, typically, I'm like, what, who the, whom's the fuck did they pull? Uh, I am unsure, because it just says, according to Luminate, I'm not sure what, Luminate Data. Gotcha. Uh, uh, recently published its top entertainment trends for 2023 report, uh, quote, 50% of uh, consumers who have bought vinyl in the past 12 months uh, own a record player, compared to 15% uh, amongst music listeners overall. Hmm. 
uh, Luminate appears to have credited those statistics largely to super fans whom it defines as music listeners who spend uh, above average time and money on music actively discover new music and participate in music related activities on social media and plan on attending live music events for the next 12 months. So that's, it looks like that's who they pulled. Um, that makes sense. And I did uh, just do a brief like two second Google search of Luminate and apparently they are kind of a legit yeah. uh, polling agency. So, they mainly yeah get their data from purchasing and stuff like that. And I just, I don't know. I feel like, Every time something like this comes out, I'm just like, why does it bother you? Right. Th- like, like, people collect Funko Pops, and those have no function whatsoever. Yeah, so that's the thing. I feel like people are getting, like, really upset at it because they're, you know, they're looking at it from the perspective of people, like, the Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. And stuff like that, who, like, buy up all this vinyl, and it makes it hard to, like... Yeah, press more vinyl or whatever. I think that I don't know. I don't think that's on uh, the Taylor Swift fans. I I got into a bit of an argument with someone on Twitter about this the other day because it's like to me I don't really care if uh, people who are buying vinyl own a record player or not because there's a lot of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Like it says in this report that like some people are using like you know uh, suggest that many of these super fans buy vinyl as part of merch rather than like yeah like something to listen to as a collectible yeah it's a collectible it's a thing you can hang on your wall you know it's like very nice art and it's one of the things that supports the artist like the most and directly and like especially sorry sorry, no go ahead i was gonna say especially if you're buying vinyl like like i like obviously you're buying vinyl from like target or walmart that doesn't you know you might as well buy literally anything else but like if you're buying it from like the record label that presses it or directly from the band or like their band camp page or something yeah. like that's definitely giving them more money than just like streaming their album does. And I think uh, hardcore vinyl fans on Twitter especially can really come down on Swifties and be like, you guys right? ruin the vinyl industry. Yeah. But at least like Taylor Swift vinyl fucking sells and doesn't end up at the like yeah. Goodwill bargain bins, right. like all the Adele 23s yeah. that never sold because they like <laughs> massively overprinted that album on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just really went, you know who's going to buy a ton of vinyl? Yeah. Not obsessed teenage girls. No. White women in their right. 40s that like Adele as a passing interest. And also, uh, a point that I made to this person on Twitter is that, like, who's to say they're not going to buy a record player? Right? Like, I I had probably 10 records or so, yeah. like, before I actually got a record player. Yeah. So, like, and it makes it easier to, like justify buying a record player if you already have a small collection of vinyl yeah so like i don't know it seems like it's just kind of a silly silly little news thing that popped up you know it's one of those people got mad and then and then there's also like you know like it, it kind of sparked this uh this debate about like you know the sound quality and like listen you know listening to vinyl like as a hobby and like to me there is so much more to the hobby of buying vinyl than there is, uh, like, li- than just listening to it. Yeah. And, like, just the sound. I also made a really, really long post on Facebook about this. But, um... It was a good one. Me and your mom you. agreed. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I mean, to me, like, like, vinyl doesn't necessarily sound better in a lot of cases than especially if you have like apple music or title right where you can get like hi-fi audio and cd quality audio like lossless 
uh, uh, media files. Like a lot of times the vinyl might end up sounding worse. Um, and like collecting vinyl is more about like having this like large piece of artwork that's like represents this album that you really like and you can put it on a shelf or you can frame it. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of the, you know, people will say like, oh, the vinyl sounds better. Like I picked out little details and stuff that I never noticed before. And I think a lot of that comes to, you know, has to do with the fact that like when you put a vinyl on, like you're going to listen to it more actively because there's yeah. this whole like routine that you have to go to it's to even a ritual yeah exactly sorts, you know you know you have to go through this whole thing of like all right yeah i gotta pull it off the shelf i gotta take it out of the sleeve you know i might look at the artwork a little bit you know look at the back read the liner notes while i'm listening to it you know to you know put it on the record player if it's dusty you gotta clean it off right, and you drop right. the needle down and every four songs you gotta flip it and like that it like forces you to engage with it more actively than if you just kind of pull something up on streaming and you play it. Even, even if the like literal sound quality isn't that different, like you're going to listen to it harder. Yeah. You know? So I agree. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my spiel when it comes to like collecting vinyl. Like I, like I'll, I'll uh, fully admit that I own vinyl on my shelf right now that I have never listened to. Yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of it'll be fun when one of those eventually comes up on right. the show because it'll also be a first <laughs> listen for me. But but it's like I've definitely bought like I've got plenty of albums that like I either bought at a thrift store for like three dollars because I thought it looked cool or I got it for free for one reason or another. Or like I've got a bunch of albums that I got from my friend Taylor uh, because he was getting rid of records. So right. I just kind of like grabbed a stack of them. And like there's a bunch of those that I haven't gotten around to listening to like. You know, I think I think it's perfect. You know, it's the same like people. This this happens with any type of collectible. Like, like I know plenty of people who like collect Blu-rays, or not plenty of people. I know I have known people who like collect Blu-rays, and like they'll have like stacks of movies that are still in the plastic. Yeah. You know that they've just never even opened. They just own it. You know exactly. Same thing goes like, you know what? Everyone, everyone who gets who get like gets mad about like people buying vinyl and not listening to it. I want you to like go to like your Steam library or your PlayStation oh. library mm-hmm. and look at all of the games you bought on sale and never opened. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> it really comes back to just fucking let people yeah. enjoy things. People like to buy things. Yeah, you know that's we that's we really... live in a consumerist mm-hmm. society. What do you want? And vinyl is a cool unique piece of merch it is you know no matter what like it's just cool it's cool to own vinyl you know if i can put it all over your walls that's what i like started doing when i like started collecting sorry vinyl. one of our cats just decided to like <laughs> just fucking swipe my thigh man yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway yeah the <laughs> The format of this episode is going to be all over the place because I like just got home from work to, and you have to go to a dentist appointment. Yeah, so. I'm not crazy prepared, but um, but it's fine. It's yeah. fine. We're gonna we're just gonna dive in. Yeah, you you got anything for the news corner? We oh, just... I had a moth emerge. It's oh a, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, Little yeah. male polyphemus, and Hell he yeah. hates me. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to check out my TikTok, I have a video of him throwing a tantrum. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, TikTok.com slash Amanda Moonchild. Anyway, let's get into some tracks. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, We already kind of ran through. Like the history. Yeah, a little bit of the history. Um, What is, uh, what label is this on? 
Any significance uh, there? Mad Lib Invasion. Gotcha. It was just released on Mad Lib's own label, released independently. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I guess it's, a little bit more background on Freddie, maybe? Well, hold on. Real quick, I'll say uh, this part. In our press release, to like set the mood for the album, right? In our press release, Freddie Gibbs described Pinata as, quote, a gangster black exploitation film. I will show you my flaws. I'll show you what I've done wrong and what I fucked up at. I don't regret shit, but I'll show you the things I'm not proud of. <clears throat> I'm about to show you how to rap again. As long as I keep satisfying them, everyone else, uh, everyone else is gonna fall in line. Uh, so basically, that's kind of like yeah. Once we get into it, you'll see th- the sound of this album is very. It's kind of like chopped up 70s it has a very old school sound to it yeah like honestly the context of it being kind of almost a concept album about black exploitation films yes. in the 70s like that adds like a whole new layer of clarity to it for me because yeah. there are some things that are almost hyperbolic oh yeah where i'm like freddie i love you but i do not believe you <laughs> you would you would be on un- you would be under the jail my dude right like, i no yeah. <laughs> i mean much many such cases when you're talking about gangster rap <laughs> like, that's fair that's fair um, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of like background on Freddie Gibbs. I know he's he's an Indiana rapper. Uh, his real name is Frederick Jamal Tipton. Uh, That's like an author see. name. Yeah, right. He was signed to Interscope in 2006. He recorded his first album under that label. However, he was eventually dropped, and the album was canceled. He later signed with uh, Young Jeezy's record CTE World. And released a number of mixtapes through the label, including 2012's highly acclaimed Babyface Killer. That was like the album right before this one. Gotcha. Do you think whoever decided to cut him, like, they gotta know. They have to know, like, what a beloved rapper Freddie oh, yeah. is now and it's how very like, well funny. critically received he is. Like, well, it is, it is funny. Like, Gibbs, uh, he really didn't find his voice until he started collaborating with people like Mad Lib. Like I also have Freddie Gibbs's first album on vinyl. It's called oh, okay. it's called Straight Killer, and uh, it's good. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's not that good. It's not you know? as good as Pinata. No, no, definitely not. Um, it's got it's got some good hooks on it and everything, but it's like I don't know. It it feels very much. It feels very amateurish. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and I'm sure it was because he was young. Because how old he, is he now? He is forty. Okay. Now. Yeah. So uh, like, and Straight Killer came out in 2010. Gotcha. So. So he was in his 20s. Yeah. He was still a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the second album was literally called Babyface Killer. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we have listened to that one, and I do really like that album. Yeah. I wonder if it's kind of like a case, like what we talked about on idea and abilities, because like if you've started listening to his later work and then you go back to his yeah. early work, it's kind of like it's good, but you know where it's going and you know how much better it gets. Yeah, and it's definitely it's a much more extreme difference with Freddie Gibbs. I mean, his flow was always there. Mm-hmm. I think because he like once we get into it, you'll see he has a very like distinctive flow to him. It's yeah. very like aggressive but cold, and but it's also like kind of bouncy and like yeah, and he, it's really hard to find a balance of those things. Yeah, like like the rappers you can compare him most closely to are like classic, like classic rappers, like mm-hmm. m- you know Scarface and and Ghostface and uh, uh like you know Biggie and Tupac yeah, and all of yeah. that like like he's very much in that lane more so than any type of like indie rap or gotcha. or even like a pop rap lane you know yeah like he's kind of the true like torchbearer to that era of rap in the modern era he is very much like 
like the like <laughs> like when when you see white girls that say things like oh I, you know i uh i'm a i'm a pretty girl with a hood playlist and it's like you play them something like this and they'll go oh that's a little aggressive i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when people are like, you couldn't handle my angry music. Yes. And their angry music is five finger death punch. Right. I'm like, my dude. Right. Or it's like, escape the fate. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 Fucking Ronnie but, Radke. Yeah. It has been zero episodes. Yeah. We are on zero episodes without talking shit about Ronnie Radke. But to be, anyway. To be fair, I'll slander escape the fate whether or not Ronnie Radke's in that band. That's valid. Because he's only in there for like one album, I think. <laughs> I uh, didn't even know he was. I was yeah, just, yeah, no, I was he was taking he, a dig at Ronnie because we haven't done it yet. We've made it ten yeah. minutes into this episode <laughs> without slander. Right. You know, fuck Varg too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll go and start this off. We've got an intro track that I'm just gonna play that leads into the first track. Uh, this is Supplier leading into Scarface. Do that. They're supplying dope to the black and the Mexican communities. Now we're transitioning into Scarface. That, that's that first Gibbs verse right there. Shout out to Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna Google it to be sure, but I think there's something specifically about like Gary, Indiana is like the most depressed town. Yeah. Well, he's from Gary, Indiana. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like he was born, in, <laughs> born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Grew up on 17th, 17th and Virginia Street on the city's east side. Uh, He played American football at Ball State University on an athletic scholarship. He was eventually expelled from college at the age of 17 or at the age of 19. He enlisted into the U.S. Army as part of a pre-trial diversion program. Oh, my God. Wait, (laughs) when he was when he was on trial for theft and gun charges. Wait, so they like he's he's a teenager. Like to me, 19 is still a child. And they're like, you can go to jail or you can go get shot at. For yeah, the I mean that's military. that's like that's what like, the fuck? I didn't even know that. What, what that, the fuck? That's 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 
You'd be amazed at how common that is. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> how- I'm sorry. That just broke my brain a little bit. Like I knew people were doing it for scholarships, but I wasn't aware that that was something you could do to get out of charges. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Okay. But anyway, I did look up. Um, Gary, Indiana is named the most miserable city in the U.S. according to Business Insider. <laughs> according to Business Insider. That's funny. <laughs> right? Um, and it's because uh, according to the website, Gary has 75,000 residents but lost 6% of its population from 2010 to 2018 alone. Wow. Which is a huge amount of people. That is a lot of people. Uh, just over half the population works and 36% of people in Gary live in poverty. Yeah. I feel like the intro is um, one of the best intros for any album um that we listened to before uh scarface because it really sets you up for this is this is the scenario because nothing right. happens in a vacuum like nobody's just doing this for fun oh, nobody's yeah. just nobody goes you know what i'm gonna sell cocaine because i want to have a good day you yeah know, that, like, yeah that's the thing like people you don't have options yeah it's all it's all out of desperation <laughs> exactly you know when you live in a place like that <laughs> you that, live in fucking gary indiana right <laughs> When only half of the population can even find a job. Like, what do you expect people to do? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a, I think this is a great intro. It, it really introduces you to that, that, that Freddie Gibbs flow. Yes. He comes out strong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your analysis, like he's very cold in his delivery, yes. but at the same time there is a bounce there. It's like, it's interesting that in one of the hardest genres of music, and by hard I mean like kind of like tough or badass right. or you know just mm-hmm. you know the thug lifestyle, like yeah, there is a surprising amount of fun in his delivery. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I think that's one of the things I love most about Freddie is he can be rapping about some of the most depressing shit ever, and that shit's still a bop. Well, I think because <laughs> it, it's in the tradition of like classic gangster rap, yeah, right? Because it's like it's all stuff that's like yes, it's very like all about like street violence and street life and stuff like that but it's also songs that are like designed to be played at like a cookout right you know what i mean <laughs> exactly and i and i feel like you know as we get into it like this album fits so perfectly into that like dichotomy of like classic like mostly west coast gangster rap right you know there's a lot of there's a lot of west coast on here despite him being from indiana I'm pretty, right from very hardcore midwest yeah, I'm, gary indiana is. i'm fairly certain mad lib is um uh los angeles though gotcha uh but we will move on yeah next track is deeper yeah this is one of the singles i believe nice nice Slay, half a thing of hair on in the bathroom. Keep an AK in the back up in the back room. Cook a meal clean, that she suck me like a vacuum. Took a vacation to the county, I'll be back soon. Sent a couple zeros, money on my day pay. Paying off the CEOs, smoking on the gateway. Word around the block when I was locked, she gave my thing away. About to have a baby with a nigga, that's what they say. Damn, well, please say it ain't so. Took off the gloves, say it's love when it ain't though. A classmate was coming over, that was strange though. Apparently, Need a homework and all the came for. Maybe you stay cold. Maybe that's a bit mean. Maybe you grew up and I'm still living like I'm 16. Like a child running wild in the city streets. Man, I put that bitch up on the feet. She cut a nigga deep. Damn. Bitch. Yeah. That's deeper than a motherfucker, baby. You know what I'm saying? 
Slam it, smack it up and flip it, then I rub it down. Zip it up and then I ship it to another town. Smoking hella weed, I mean your willy bust a couple. All right, I think that's good. Yeah. We, we got the hook in there. We did, we did. Uh, it's a song focusing on how these kind of like desperate situations and this lifestyle can like make you lose people. Yeah, it's a lot of different stories mm-hmm. that all you know end with and you know and that cut me deep. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna go deeper and deeper and deeper down this like spiral of uh, you know, just desperation and shit. But also, I think this is a great example of like. The beats on this album are, like, very smooth. Yes. You yes. know? We were talking about when we had it um, paused, uh, the West Coast production from Mad Lib. Yeah. And uh, it is it is silky smooth. Oh, yeah. In a way that a lot of this genre is not always. Not that it has to be, but... Right. And I think that's why... Cause I think that's why Gibbs shines the most over music like this rather mm-hmm. than stuff that's like a little bit louder or yeah. you know a little bit more idiosyncratic is that like like having this much like space in the beat like allows him to just kind of glide over mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. you know it, it it sounds so like effortless yeah definitely madlib is really good at like produce his production style makes everybody else look mm-hmm. better you know yeah. and it almost it almost makes you not think about the production as well as much because Freddie shines so well on Mm -hmm. the track. And that's the thing. Like Freddie Gibbs is known for doing these like, like uh, a producer, producer rapper albums. He's got two albums with Mad Lib. He's got, we'll say technically two albums with the alchemist mm-hmm. um because he did he did an album called alfredo which is just him and the alchemist and then he did an album called fetty which is uh him the alchemist and another rapper named currency gotcha uh he did an album with uh, uh kenny beats that's just called freddy you know like yeah. his, like his all, all his most like most popular works are when he like sits down with one producer and and they they they're able to craft like a whole aesthetic and a whole sound for his albums and i think that like that has a lot to do with like now freddie gibbs kind of has this like old school gangster persona right about him that i don't think he would have if uh all of his albums sounded like you know um uh, uh i think he has an album called you only live twice i think you're right and um or uh the new one soul sold separately which mm-hmm. are both really great albums right but they don't have that like sonic cohesion no and that uh a lot of his producer stuff does i I personally find a lot of my best start is collaborative yeah and um i usually make better art that is not collaborative immediately after i've done a collaboration with Mm -hmm. somebody or after i've taken a class or you know and it's just it's about finding other artists that help make you better yeah and freddie really is a master of that i feel like oh yeah like he must be great to work with too, because it seems like everybody's be- working with him. <laughs> oh yeah, we should have watched before doing this. We'll probably watch it after this now mm-hmm. because I'm thinking about it. But we should have watched his episode of the Cave. Oh my god, with, we uh, with Kenny Beats. Yeah, he's so. I think one of the reasons Freddie Gibbs, I think, got so popular, like, is that he's so charismatic, mm-hmm. like on the mic and off the mic. If you watch any interview with him, any like video that has him in it, he's just. He's very quick. He's very funny. Right. You know, and he has this kind of like, kind of like effort. I, I hate using this word, but like effortless, effortlessly cool. Like, yeah. Vibe like he just about is him. that person. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems like a cool guy. He's like always very chill, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, but he's, he's also like, he's very funny. He's very, he's a, 
very good poster like on twitter and stuff right he's very funny online and uh he keeps getting banned from instagram <laughs> well you know I, I do find uh most of the funniest people i know and most of the charismatic mm-hmm. people i know have been through uh some of the most horrific trauma honestly yeah. i think that's why i'm so fucking funny or at oh, least yeah. people seem to think i am <laughs> uh, and um yeah uh especially as we get deeper into this album the the trauma's there uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I do not think he escaped the um, traumatized kid to charismatic, funny adult pipeline. Right. Uh, but you know, we'll get we'll get into that when we get there. Yeah, I mean, he managed to spin that into a very successful. He rap did, career. and good for him. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and move on. We've got a lot of tracks to get. We through do. Here. This is a seventeen-track album. Yes. It didn't like when we listened to it on the vinyl, though. It didn't feel that long. When I looked at the track list on Genius, I was like, "Holy shit! It doesn't what the fe- fuck?" <laughs> it doesn't feel that long. For a couple of reasons, it's one, uh, a lot of these tracks are are like pretty short, right? And uh, two, there's a lot of like skits, gotcha, uh, in between songs, which is that like, you know, we'll we'll get to it. I'll talk about that a little later because it, it on some of these songs it does kind of bother me. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, we'll get to one of my favorite songs. Uh, this is High featuring Danny Brown. My fave. <laughs> name drops you sure did <laughs> <laughs> i don't know an elise though so. uh neither do i actually now that i think yeah, about any, it any elises out there uh yeah. you're, comment you're... somewhere on our socials so we can find you right <laughs> um yeah no i love uh, i love the hook on this song mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that i get high i get high like it's such a simple hook, but it's so catchy. It has it one of the. Is. It probably has the catchiest beat on the album too. That like soft little guitar, like notes in the background, mm-hmm. and um. This is some of the bounciest delivery. Yes. Too. Yeah, this is definitely the one of the more fun. Like you can throw this on at like a party or something. Right. You know, and it feels very much like, you know, uh, uh, you know, it feels like a movie. You know, where yeah. people are like hanging out, they're grilling outside. You know. It's a mm-hmm. it's a real like leaving the screen door the back screen door open so kids are running in and out of the house right. type song you know what I mean I I did forget though that this um track ends with a skit where Danny Brown appears to suffer from a case of the overdose that is yes. how it was phrased on Genius don't don't at me after smoking a dipper 
which is in italics for some reason. <laughs> what literally? Because it's a proper noun. Okay? This is punctuated by the ending skit where Danny Brown appears to suffer from a case of the overdose. <laughs> like, all right, I calm a, down, Starfire. Got a, got a bad case of the overdose over here. <laughs> but uh, no, it's ver- so like that's uh, what I was talking about with the um with the skits like. Mm-hmm. I wish most rap albums would have those skits. Not necessarily this one, because this one's right. like really short, mm-hmm. the skit at the end of the song. But most rap albums would have those skits as like its own track. Right. So with some of these, like, you know, you'll have a four minute song or a three, you know, a five minute song that has a two minute skit at the end. Right. And it's like, well, all this is like, oh, great. Now I can't like put this on a playlist or anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it really ruins little, the flow. A little upsetting for your mom uh, to hear some, my mom probably more so to hear mm-hmm. somebody overdosing over the radio at the gr- the cookout, you know? Yeah. I mean, to be like, again, the skit on this one is like one of the least right intrusive ones because it, it's just kind of a, like like the song slows down real hard at the end and, and it's just kind of like a like a are you okay you know like yeah. that type of thing um but some of the, some of these are like full-on like skit skits mm-hmm. you know in the way that like you would hear classic skits on like uh uh the first snoop dogg album I or am- like on the chronic I am lightly convinced that most of the most talented rappers, given the right circumstances, would have been theater kids. Evidence, David mm-hmm. Diggs yeah. is the biggest theater kid. He's going to be Sebastian. Um, I highly encourage mm-hmm. you to go listen to Clipping yeah. and then watch uh, The New Little Mermaid and just, you know, let I, me know how that goes for you. <laughs> I highly encourage you to uh, Google photos of Dr. Dre. Uh <laughs> Pre NWA era. <laughs> anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Yep, let's get into some Heralds. Yeah, we're going to Heralds. Uh, yeah. Niggas was wearing buttons. Talking about like William School, third grade. Wearing buttons. I keep a chip off in my cell phone. I can feel the stone. Smoking on the strong. Freddie Kane, Freddie Coley, y'all. Marshall Town, niggas had a nigga running home. I caught an L, me a 38, now bitch song. 9mm, Beretta, the 40 cal. Like 23, fresh about the box, bitch, I hold it down. I hit the stroke with a chili bowl and a cookie smell. Fast forward 10 years, came back with rollies with golden crowns. Skinny nigga, six wing mouth sauce. With all the fries you can give me, I tell them bitches. I mean, yeah, like I'm going to say this a lot throughout this album, but it's such like classic it is it's weird because like freddy's at 40 is a little young to me to sound like this almost because i'm so used to like i mean i'm used to like rappers that sound like this being like 50 right well i think i mean to be fair like that's probably because uh, like we associate with this this sound with rappers like snoop dogg and dr dre right ice cube and all of them but like they were that young when they were putting out those albums. That's true. You That's know? very true. Yeah, I think I think Dr. Dre was only was only like twenty six or something when the Chronic That's came a good out. Point. And then like Biggie and Tupac were both extremely yeah. young at the height of their mm-hmm. careers when they unfortunately um, oh yeah <laughs> were murdered by Suge Knight, possibly both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, Suge did oh. that shit. 
I think it's also because Freddie is very baby faced. Yeah. And I have seen interviews with him and I'm like, no, you're just you're just a little sweetie. <laughs> and it, it's like, no, actually, he, he sounds like a classic, like OG gangster rapper. Yeah. And it's amazing. Every <laughs> song on this album sounds like it should have come out in like 2001. And it should have had like a big hype Williams music yeah. video where where he's like on a yacht with with a bunch of strippers and a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's just that vibe. It's it all is. it's very summer music too, I feel like. I feel like yeah, like, and so many people try to get this vibe, mm-hmm. and it it never goes this well for anyone. <laughs> well, and a lot of that is Mad Lib, like mm-hmm. excellent production. He has on Mad he Lib has then. such a distinctive like style of taking these old 70s soul samples and like chopping them up and looping them and stuff uh there was also very funny like when this album came out there was a um a a kind of like small beef like it was it was it was mostly a fake beef but it was between uh freddie gibbs and mf doom really because well because mf doom's most popular album is uh um mad villainy which is also oh. produced entirely by Madlib. Right. So, th- so there's this kind of like part of the promotion on this album was Freddie Gibbs doing interviews talking about how much of a better rapper he is than <laughs> MF Doom. <laughs> oh, God, I-, I just remembered MF Doom is no longer with us, and now yeah. I'm sad. R.I.P. Doom. R. But R. that P. is Doom. also like that's a great example to show like how diverse, even within this like like seemingly narrow view of what mad libs production style right. is like mad villainy sounds nothing like this no mad villainy is one of my favorite albums. even though he's using a lot of the same production tricks mm-hmm. he does on this album mad villainy is a lot it's a lot like it's not as like summery or breezy yeah as no this is. no it 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 feels like an album put out by a super villain and like yes. the little nerd in me is just like num 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 give me more yeah. of that like but, yeah. but i think it just it speaks to mad libs talent that mm-hmm. he knows how to make somebody who is already extremely good at what they do that much better right you know but yeah um so the, uh, harold's is a real place I in figured. gary indiana I ca- yeah um, <laughs> like just looking at the lyrics i kind of yeah. like he's literally talking about his order you know i am his si- six wings with the mild sauce and fries i'm <laughs> like 86 percent sure that this has been on diners drive-ins and dives and yeah. they were like showing guy fieri how they made their famous wings oh and stuff God. like Shit! Now we gotta watch that. I really I haven't watched Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives in like a billion years. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to this. Is our first big feat? No, it's not. Danny Brown was on a song. What am I talking about? I'm very, <laughs> Danny I'm, Brown's I'm, not a big feature. Controversial opinions. Twenty twenty three. I just got home. I'm hungry. I'm <laughs> All right. Sorry. No. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to uh, bomb. Uh, Let's uh, fe- drop the bomb, as it were. Yeah, featuring Raekwon. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'm slightly on my rocker, but I'm on dick. Got two in the baby on my bitches, student loan shit. She hit my line to get that girl, I call it phone sex. Robbing like my problems ain't gonna catch up to me later. Bitch, I'm mobbing like OG Bobby Johnson, split your potato. At the table, cookie shaving and touching base with them bases. Bet they try to make a play for the yeah, as soon as they taste it. Do your base a black American gangster, send us the corner hunger. Seeing this nigga shining and know you be like a motherfucker. This buster on me, now we act like he don't know me. 44, my clothes is on me. Kill cockroaches like Tony, got my tenor motors. 
to smoke it. Pupils dilated like silver dollars, now we low it. Call it devilish, how I do big. Fuck these niggas talking, I leave their thoughts on my shoestrings. What? Oops. Um, that interlude beat the like do 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 that lives rent free in my head at all times. Yeah. Like ever since the first time we listened to this album. It's funny because that's that's like one of the only parts of this album that I don't particularly like. Really? I'm not a big fan of that loop. Um, there's <laughs> I like an, it. there's another song on this album that I feel like has a similar loop that kind of plays throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where it's like if there's like a particular, it's kind of a drawback of this style of production. It's like if there's a particular sound somewhere in the loop that you don't really like, it's like, well, prepare to hear that for the <laughs> right. every four bars. For you better the learn to fucking like it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, this is like you know, I think this is a very good song, but it's also I I I would understand if someone got to this part of the album and went, all right, is he gonna like do anything else? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I if, if I had to give any criticism, not that like, see, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where like, I'm kind of trying to find things to like criticize. And the only thing I can is that like, you know, some of the songs, they're kind of samey. Yeah. Like Freddie Gibbs definitely has a very specific flow mm-hmm. that he uses. Um, and he kind of stays in that pocket. Yeah, and Method does time. kind of mirror him with that. Yeah. Because he's matching the vibe. Right. So, you know. Um, Still, I mean, it's still a very good song. Yeah. I think I think the only thing that's holding it back is that it doesn't really have, you know, much in the way of, like, a hook. Other, yeah. Other than that little synth part. Yeah, because, like, the interlude is just him going, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Which, like, relatable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But- <laughs> Yeah, you know, one thing, uh, I keep talking about what I do like about this album, I guess because there's not, like, even though it's not my usual genre, there's not a whole lot I don't like, Mm -hmm. but I do really like that unlike a lot of, um, like, Thug Lifestyle kind of albums, he is not glamorizing this shit whatsoever. He's having a bad time, even when he sounds like he's having a good time. (laughs) And you know what? I'll I'll say this. Um, Most albums don't mm-hmm. you know what i mean like most you, of the time they don't I agree. You, you hear that a lot from people like oh like i don't listen to rap because it glamorizes this like bad lifestyle and you know they they only they make it seem so cool and it's like people only say that when they don't like actually listen to these albums or like they've only seen a music video that's fair or something like that you know yeah. and it's like if you actually sat down and listened to, to like really any gangster rap album like this is kind of what it is like it's always just like reflecting and like um uh like doing some introspection on like this gangster lifestyle and uh it's like it's one of those things where like it sounds cool in the same way that like like mafia movies are cool yeah and i guess when i'm talking about like glamorizing the lifestyle i'm not trying to say it in like the conservative right no i know um more like the teens rapping about it that actually have not lived it right do you know what i mean yeah and you can always tell i feel like you can always tell when someone's being like authentic yeah uh because he you know like 
there, there's there's a weight to it there is you know what i mean like when you listen to freddie gibbs like he's talking about all this like thug life stuff but like there's there's a weight to it there is like and like you know we talked about there are some very hyperbolic moments mm-hmm. um that i'm like freddie i don't i don't know if that really happened buddy but i mean but, shit, like, now so that... much of it is so grounded <laughs> but i mean shit reading through freddie gibbs wikipedia page now i'm like i don't know how much of this is hyperbole <laughs> oh god <laughs> some of this <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you... In like, which case, holy shit, Freddie, I'm so glad life is better now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know? I mean, when you get, like, expelled... When you have, like, an athletic scholarship to college and you get expelled and uh, uh, you have to go into the army at 19 as part of, like, a like a diversion program for the crimes you committed. Yeah. You know, it gives you... It gives you, you know, uh, when he was on trial for theft and gun charges... And then he was dishonorably discharged from the military eight months later when he got caught smoking weed. <laughs> Honestly, the best kind mm-hmm. of dishonorable discharge, yeah. IMHO. It, lo- it looks like he uh, started rapping when he was working at the Gary Mall, oh. where, where he met a local hip-hop producer named Finger Roll, who, according to Gibbs, was the only guy in Gary who had a studio. Nice. Well, you know, I mean, I have worked at a mall, mm-hmm. and I've seen some shit go down in some shopping malls, so mm. maybe there isn't really hyperbole <laughs> on this <Yeah>. album. <laughs> I've worked at the mall. I've definitely met plenty of people who said they were producers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've tried to get me to follow them back to their vans. <laughs> yeah. You know. I do miss the tamale lady, though. Yes. Like, if you haven't had the joy of having somebody's just, like, abuela pull mm-hmm. up to the salon with a bunch of tamales in her trunk that are the best tamales you could ever imagine, like, I hope you find that joy somewhere. I yes. wish you that. Anyway, we're way hey. off topic. No, <laughs> I'm talking about tamales. <laughs> Let's uh, get into some shitsville. Yeah. Another one of the best, uh, one of the catchiest songs on this album, I feel like. Yeah. This is a song that I genuinely believe if it wasn't called Shitsville, it could have been like a huge hit. I agree. I'm kind of surprised it's not bigger than it is. Yeah. Um, also, the first verse is so funny. I know. Right up until we get to the point where he's like, I wonder if my mom would be okay if I died. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Ah! But like that hook. That, that hook is raise, so like, good. Hey, you motherfuckers just like me, right? Like, yeah. That shit is so. It's like it's so fun to sing along to. Like, you 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 can just so clearly picture like driving around with like. 
five other people in your right. car and like everyone's singing along to it. Right. This this could have been it's this probably so is the song of the summer in twenty fourteen in another right. universe where yeah. we don't care as much about the word shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I just noticed uh I just glanced back over at the Wikipedia article. Yeah. And um I just noticed that uh uh wikipedia did my bit for me where i name off all of the different rapper names oh my god because it has freddie gibbs also known as gangsta gibbs freddie kane kane freddie forgiato and big boss rabbit <laughs> wait 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 is is big boss rabbit his persona yeah oh my god <laughs> i guess so i mean yeah you know i think that that was part of um his like most recent album gotcha gotcha he has like the rabbit on the cover and freddie is for the furries yes what can we say yeah big big furry guy over here <laughs> freddie gibbs <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean this is this is one of the the more energetic like this is the loudest yeah beat i feel like it's the that, bounciest that it's... synth that like yeah that feels very like this is where it gets out of the like '90s gangster rap to where this feels very much like 2002, 2003, like kind of like P Diddy type yeah. like hype rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I you know I say like even though these are all like I uh, I'll say that I do have like a limited knowledge of this type of stuff. So you know I'm basically going off of like what my parents used to listen to when I was a kid or like right. what played on MTV when I was growing up right. and stuff like that. <laughs> Cause uh, I, I've said on this show before that I didn't like really get into hip hop until I was like 19, yeah. you know, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Like, that's when I started getting into it. And I definitely didn't get into like this kind of hip hop is at least newer, mm-hmm. you know, uh, until a little bit later, like Freddie Gibbs, probably one of the first guys I got into you know when it comes to like newer gangster rap i would say um but anyway i'm rambling uh that's what we do on this yeah the next song is called thuggin and this is this is like the big single from this album i feel like yeah because it was also on the ep that they released before the album right yeah i think that i think there was also like i think nix was another one that they released before this Mm -hmm. anyway let's get it let's get some thuggin Somebody warned the West. Nigga ain't running. Somebody nigga ain't running no more. The legend of nigga in color, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Uh. Yeah. So. Nigga, don't be like, yo, yo, a friend. Uh. You a real nigga. Kids, baby. Real nigga. You like shit. Front to the back. Respect, nigga. Uh, respect. Respect, nigga. The Lord is yeah. <laughs> Niggas be like, Fred, you ain't never lied. Fuck the rap shit, my gangster been solidified. Still do my business on the side. Bitch, if you police it, then pay me, no, never mind. I was thuggin'. Black and red laces in my number threes. Take a pull up off the wood and let that motherfucker breathe. Sit outside of bust the crib and let that motherfucker leave. Walk his ass back in and put him on his motherfucking knees. Thuggin'. Never taking no for an answer. Might just take a loss, but bitch, I'd rather take my chances. This liquor got me lurking where you live at in the nighttime. 5950 to the left, but I'm in my right mind. Thuggin'. Until I'm 40 Still lyrically sharper Than any show But show These phonies ain't gon' throw me In this menstrual show These labels see how far I've been they mouth My dick could go So go and Choke on this meat Throw my song on repeat Might move away one day But I'm always gonna belong To the streets So straight thug uh, And it feels so good uh, And it feels so right uh, Yeah And it feels so 
right, cause motherfucker, I'm thugging. Selling you the signs of the street rap. Every motherfucking show I do is off the meat rap. I done been in jail and did my best. Uh, that, that is, that is gangster rap. Yes. And that is also the white, I wish I didn't say that just now. That is the whitest thing I've ever said now in my that. life. That is gangster oh rap, God. ladies and gentlemen. Just end, end the show right now. You know, it's <laughs> fine. Just delete all the episodes. Um, if anyone's got a time machine that uh, we can, um, un- you can unlisten to this show with. I am not beating the white thirty-year-old allegations. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm yeah. not either. <laughs> but now this, like, yeah, this was kind of the big single, and this is, uh, yeah, a good example. I feel like, like, if this album did have like major like big major label support behind mm-hmm. it it's hard to say like on the one hand like i kind of want to say this would have been like big right right but on the other hand i don't think a label would put this song out to begin with i think you're right i think it's a i think it leans a little too hard into you know like like the hook is literally i'm straight thugging and it feels so good and it feels so right yeah you know what i mean and i think labels tend to be a little bit more like they want you to be a little bit more vague about it they do and they want you, you know? to like they never want you to admit that you had a good time doing a bad yeah. thing unless you're like a white guy singing about his exes you know i mean and it's funny because it's like this is like the song is kind of about that too it's kind, it kind of, of about how he won't water down who he is exactly like, to conform to labels like you know, uh, them. You know, them phonies ain't gonna ain't gonna throw me in this minstrel show. These labels see how far up in my mouth these my dick can go. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> you know, he he's literally calling out you know the labels that like dropped him and stuff. I'm assuming because he is a little too uh, abrasive. Yeah, you know, he's. I, I, yeah. They want he, you to be edgy, but they want you to be palatable, and they don't want the PTA to have anything <laughs> negative to say about your album. Actually, even though it's adult so, or like expl- adult warning, parental warning, yes. explicit content. We got yeah. there. Can we make it a little less urban? Maybe. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You know. Uh, and it's like. I've never lived this experience, no. so I don't know if Thuggin' feels good. But given the fact that, I mean, like you said, Fred ain't never lied. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, like, sometimes you can feel good doing not great things. Right. And I don't think that, I don't know. I, know? Th- I think putting it in the context of, like, viewing it as, like, a black exploitation film yes. or a movie, I think that's very correct because it is a lot like... You know, you like when you're watching a movie, right? And uh, you know, take out all of the like, like, sci-fi action bullshit in right. any Marvel. But I'm I'm talking about like when you're watching a movie, like do the right thing or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like you don't necessarily need to have lived that experience in order to watch the movie and like empathize with the characters and like right. understand the situation that they're in. You can kind of remove yourself and put yourself in their shoes, and I feel like. People have a much harder time doing that when it comes to music. They really like, do. People really, really, really want the music that they're listening to to reflect their own life experiences. They do, a lot. and especially when the music industry is primarily controlled by like wealthy white men yeah. who grew up in mostly a great deal mm-hmm. of privilege. 
Um, it's just, it's weird to me. Like, I agree with you. Like, people want to be able to go, this song is, this is my song. This song's about right. me. And it's like, I don't really, I used to need that to enjoy mm-hmm. music. I don't anymore. No. Like, I, I like hearing other people's perspectives. And I like, right. he- I like listening to Freddie talk about his life and, like, well, what that was like for him. Because I'm never going to know what that was like growing up in Gary, Indiana and, like, having to get into the fucking military to avoid right. jail time. I just, I, that, I, yeah. that is still fucking me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. What the fuck, America? <laughs> and I uh, like I do feel like when you um when you put that expectation on music, right? Like that's how you end up getting a lot of songs that are very vague, and they're not really about much of anything. Like a plastic bag drifting. Yes, the wind, exactly. Waiting to start again. What the fuck did you mean, Katie? Yeah. At least I know what Freddie's talking about. Right. Like, <laughs> and it's also like this album is just oozing with personality yes you know what i mean like i kind of have a feeling this is the song that the rest of the album was maybe built around yeah you know what i mean like this was the tentpole song because like everything kind of like orbits very nicely around it right um i will we are about halfway through the album Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and talk about this vinyl here Yeah, let's talk about the vinyl i love this cover i love some zebra print my grandmother is an animal print lover i think she has like a whole closet that is just animal print and so this is very nostalgic for me (laughs) yeah so the version i have here was actually a newberry comics repress i've got a lot i've got a lot of records from newberry comics because they always make very cool uh, looking versions and they're not super expensive and uh they're always very very well they're always very clean pressed albums mm-hmm. right so i've got one of the uh newberry comics versions here um it's got a it's a single sleeve with a double lp it's you know it's kind of it's, it's kind of very standard feeling mm-hmm. you know there's nothing super special about it until you pull out the record itself which is this very cool, um, it's like a transparent album with like gold in the center and black and white splatter. Yeah, and it, it really does evoke animal print, even yeah. though like that's kind of a hard effect to get in vinyl. I mm-hmm. really like, because like so many um, pressings that we have are like the black and white splatter vinyl and yes. the clear. I love when there's a tertiary color in there, you know? I there, love when there's more than like two colors. <laughs> There was a different version of this on Newberry Comics that was like, it was like split. It was like half white and half gold, mm-hmm. and then it had the splatter on it. Oh, that's kind of sick. And uh, that one sold out before I was able to get my hands. Yeah, because that's the other thing. This album has a lot of like pressings floating around, but they right. always sell out. Right. Always, because they always print. They always press like five hundred at a time or something. Right. Like that. So like, I think even this one is probably worth. It's somewhere between like sixty and eighty bucks. Nice. Versus the thirty I paid for it probably. Mm-hmm. But like, one of my biggest regrets is um. Uh, when this album first came out was when I was uh, one one of the times I was subscribed to Vinyl Me Please, right. and Vinyl Me Please had an exclusive pressing of it, and. Um, uh, I didn't buy it at the time, and I really wish I did because that one is worth money now. That one's yeah. worth like, a lot of money. I don't remember how much, but you know, someone can look that up because I don't have it pulled up right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I don't even remember what it looked like. I just remember it. I think the main difference with that one is that it is a gatefold. Yeah. Uh, versus this being a single sleeve. I kind of like single sleeves though. Yeah, it like... is. A li- it is a little easier. Yeah. To, to manage. 
Just my arthritic ass has a real hard time getting them out of gate folds. Yeah. So, like, if I can just, like, pop that thing in and out, uh, yeah. I'm having an easier time just from, like, a purely physical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no other, no other like, goodies in here. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, very, very cool album cover of him uh, smoking a blunt on a, at a park, you know. And then you've got a nice picture of Mad Lib on the back uh, with the, with a zebra print over him. And I don't know. It's such a classic looking album cover too. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those albums where the second you like the second you saw the album cover, you're like, oh, this is a classic hip hop album. Yeah. You Even know, though it came out in like 2014. Yeah. Yeah. And like there is like this weird, like magical, intangible quality of especially this album, in that it feels so timeless and so yeah. of the moment at the same time. Right. Like, they really nailed that balance. I think, and that really that goes into like the the album cover design and everything. You know, that right. could have come out anytime between like eighty one and now. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you can't you can't get an AI to make an album cover like this. Nope. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's it for the vinyl. Yeah, you know? um, it's a good l- piece of vinyl. Yeah, let's get into let's get into real. Re- ready to kick your ass out of the world. in there but yeah the main <laughs> uh, keen eared listeners might know that that sample is also very prominently used in from the ground by danny brown oh one of my favorite danny brown songs i was like that this sounds very familiar yeah. but is it just because like we've listened to this album several times or no i knew it was something I yeah no it was that though at least i'm pretty sure it's either that song or um dance in the water i was i was trying to play it and it, it, it messed up my uh title over here which I guess that's another. Oh, that that was a thing for the news corner. I started title and I'm getting rid of Spotify. Yeah. Fuck Spotify. Title sounds better and they pay more. So. Yep. Oh. So the title for this track is an acronym for "Remember Everybody Ain't Loyal," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's also a diss track to Young Jeezy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Wait, Gibbs' really? former boss. That's okay. Keep in mind, this is the genius annotation, and th- that's the only sentence. So. Oh, that's annoying. I d- see. I didn't know that, and now I wish right i had like read up on more because uh, i'm not the name young jeezy sounds really familiar but i don't know who that is and i really wish there were um there's three contributors and two fucking senses fellas what is going yeah. on with this annotation i mean i don't know the <laughs> the um the uh the the wikipedia says in december of, uh december 11th 
2012, Gibbs announced that he was no longer a member of Young Jeezy's CTE label. He elaborated, saying there was no beef between the two rappers. Gotcha. And so that's probably not a diss track. That's probably just something somebody made up on Genius. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's like a sneak diss or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have much to say about this song no. in particular. This is this is one of the ones that it just kind of it kind of rolls fine. off for me. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a good contribution to the album. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll let's let's play some Uno. Let's do it. Yeah, for show. Sure. Uh. Fuck the competition, nigga. Yeah. Fuck niggas, spark the weed up. Shipping water down the rap game, they need us. Real niggas to intervene and interject. Got a bitch naked, got some neck in the vet, and I'm finna check. Finna get fucked up in this bitch, that's on fiend. Popping yappers, fuck the copper, sell narcotics, nigga, we bring that on in. Bitch, I'm a problem, got your column full of losses, no wins. Gary Gangsta, fuck with Chicago niggas out there, low end. Much love to my nigga Mikey, threw muscles up in they mouth. We the bitch where we reside for unspecified amounts. Stuff the mattress full of merch, 40 calibers in the couch. Guess I'm on the high seat, ride me, you won't make it out. I can make a shot, but my my attitude might just make a pal Found me charming till she really found out what I was about My recreation, occupation, invading the nigga house Smoking and riding, I ain't high when I'm driving I highly doubt and I don't believe these rap niggas You confront for your fans, but I know it's an act nigga Judge a man by his character and not by his wealth But real G, I never kiss niggas or shot myself Against the geese Number one, bitch, number one with the bullet And the guns, take the shots when I pull it Make a run, make your motherfuckers For some shit that I said I be a legend I'm just motherfucker Breathing the dead But y'all hear me These uppity bitches They all feel me Fuck a diamond on your finger I guess the yeah. dog it's another one with a uh, one of the standout tracks. I feel like great hook on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know the the uh, the instrumental is very like lush. It's very vibrant. It feels very full. Yeah. You know synonyms. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know Gibbs sounds as great as ever on this. I mean he really like he's got that flow down to a science and he does he not does. Mi- he does not miss with it. It's such a great flow. He's so polished. On yeah. This. He is. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's it's a great you know. This is one of those albums that, like, we're going to get to a point where we just say, yeah, this one's good, too. Yeah. It's a great song. Like, I, I don't I don't think I have much new to add to it because it is, you know. It's uh, kind of like uh, the death metal albums we've done where it's like, yeah, it's it's death metal where it's like, yeah, this is this is gangster rap. Right. You know? Solid track. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was not looking at the lyrics while we were listening, so I don't have any. Uh, oh, I do. Any um, any good any good lines to pull from it? So, uh, <laughs> um, you can front for your fans, but I know it's an act. Judge a man by his character, not his wealth. A real G, I never kissed or shot myself. Um, uh, allegedly, again, this is a genius annotation. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a dig at Lil Wayne. Oh. Um, and I did know about this. I do know this part is true, and there is a photo uh, of the other. At age 12, he accidentally shot himself with a 9mm handgun. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Um, and hmm. Lil Wayne also kisses the um, his friend Birdman yes. on the lips. Um, yes. Don't love that Freddie threw shade for that. I'm all for like men loving men, regardless of what that love is like. Yeah. Freddie, no. 
There's all. I mean, there is. Look, I don't want to get into the whole Birdman thing. There was some weirdness there. Okay. Because Birdman <laughs> discovered Lil Wayne when Lil Wayne was 16. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So there, there is a little there. There's. Oh, I, I don't. Is, I don't know the full story, but I do is, know. Is Birdman a groomer? There, there, there is a little bit of like. Oh no. You know, people, people have got some questions about the. Yeah. About, about and also Wayne often refers to Birdman as his father, you know, as his daddy. You know, there, there's, there's, yeah. def, there's definitely some weirdness in the relationship between Birdman and Lil Wayne. Gotcha. But I don't know enough about it to like speak confidently on it, so I will shut my white ass up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I still like <laughs> the fact that because like I guess Lil Wayne shot himself in the head. Yeah. Like. I, is, I, I remember. Is that, what, is, that what's, is that what's wrong with him? <laughs> I mean. That's no. so terrible. No. No. I, what's, I don't know anything really about Lil Wayne. No. <laughs> what's, what's, what's wrong with Lil Wayne is a, is a uh, crippling addiction to, um, to, uh, uh, oh my God. What's the, what's the codeine? Cody. Oh. Yes. Oh. Um. <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's right. Yeah. He, he did like his syrup. Oh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. And he's like, he's almost died a couple of times from it. Um. <sighs> You know, yeah. maybe, 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 maybe Lil Wayne did deserve some pot shots. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, no. I'm, I, I don't. I mean, Lil Wayne's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't listen to his music enough to say anything else. I'm like he didn't die when he shot himself. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, my dude. I like, I like some Lil Wayne, especially some of the early Carter stuff and some of those mixtapes that he put out. Like, people, I, I feel like people don't realize how well Lil Wayne can rap and also how influential his rapping is. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to Kendrick Lamar, if you listen yeah. if you listen to Drake, if you listen to Brock Hampton, if mm. you listen to any of that shit, then you have Lil Wayne to thank for it. Uh, like yeah. go listen to the Carter too. You yeah. know what I mean? That's all I'm gonna say about that. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, um oh my God. Uh, but, oh yeah, I was also gonna say uh, I do remember that part of Little Wayne's like behind the music special mm-hmm. where he talks about like being twelve and having to like crawl through his house and like slipping on the blood so he could, like get to the phone. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. I mean that that probably like uh, I'm assuming that is not the only trauma that occurred in his oh, life yeah. when he was very young. So that no, does explain the coding thing. If you can find it. I don't know where it's available. If you can find the behind the music of Lil Wayne, uh, I recommend watching it. It'll we de- should watch that because I would like to know more about. It'll Lil Wayne. for sure change your change yeah. your perspective on Lil Wayne. Yeah, but uh, uh, we're because I just thought he was a silly dude. Yeah, and I feel kind of bad for having that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> we got to move this along. Yeah, we gotta go. Uh, this next song is called "Robes," featuring Damo Genesis and Earl Sweatshirt of Odd Future. See what I can't see Wearing a smile You never have the time to frown Dreamer of peace Spread some joy Yeah Gotta put in hard work before you flex your muscles. I see where niggas fall off trying to perfect the puzzle. You ain't gotta like my work, shit, respect my hustle. I was a solid hearted mind before I had the grind. My swagger fine, I never had to pack my lines with plastic rhymes. Diamond in the rough, give it time, you'll find your light and shine. This little light of mine, these are our highest times. 
my third eye divine I see my skies align I feel like one with the moon but that's some other shit I stop caring how people see me and I'm loving it but no desire for your input I does my shit say what you want but know my ignorance is fucking bliss in the interest of time I'll fade it out there but uh Delmo Genesis has one of the weirdest but most satisfying flows. He does. I gotta listen to more like Domo's like solo stuff. He always reminds me of um like somebody at like a poetry night that yeah. is like doing the slam poetry thing, but like really well. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the emphasis that he puts and where he puts it. Like mm-hmm. I-, I just really like Domo. Yeah, he's great. I only really know him through like the odd future stuff and, and the couple of songs he's done with Tyler. But um yeah, I, I really like his flow. Like, and trust me when I like, uh, we cut it off for time. But like, go listen to it. Freddie Gibbs and Earl Sweatshirt especially both have yeah. very good verses on this uh, song. This is probably like my favorite uh, track on the album. That, I, think I that's really fair. like the sample. It's, yeah, the it's sample's weird great. and fun and like yeah, it's catchy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it has, wearing a smile. It's got a very like dusty nostalgic yeah. like feel to it it also feels like something that would just be like playing on a radio in a fallout game yeah yeah, you yeah, know? yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. um i always thought it was interesting that this uh album has so many odd future members mm-hmm. uh, but no tyler the creator right what's up with that yeah. tyler <laughs> i mean i know freddie has uh did work with tyler a couple of times actually yeah. I, I know tyler's on alfredo i can't like oh, tyler would have been so good on this album he would have mm, but would've. at least we got earl and domo yeah you know and they kill it they do um anyway we're gonna move on yeah to broken <laughs> featuring scarface uh gets into the whole why of why people get mm-hmm. into thugging and yeah, get into for- like gangbanging like and it also really goes into like the kind of emotional damage that having to act like kind of cold and kind yes. of cruel takes on somebody especially like freddie seems like a very warm person he does you know like and i that sucks 
that like I mean, he had to pretend not to be for some it's, it's very funny because he uh like uh he i can't remember her name but he is dating like a porn star yeah um and he posts her on his like instagram and his twitter like constantly Aww. yeah and they seem very cute together well that's really sweet yeah I, I love when men, um, or when anyone, honestly, mm-hmm. is like, look at my beautiful, shining girlfriend. Yeah. I post her everywhere. She's amazing. Look at her. Look at her. You know? Although I'm I'm relatively certain she's at least half the reason he's getting banned from Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're very, very anti-sex workers, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's another another good one. Yeah, or, I love that line. Track. Keep the heat because I was going through a cold phase. Yeah. Like, that's just such a good line. I also love, uh, fuck the government, I got my own deficit. Yeah. God, ain't that a mood, folks. Like, look, man, I can't be worried about who to vote for. I got, like, bills to pay. Literally, though. It's mm-hmm. like everyone keeps t- are you excited about yeah. election season? No, bitch. Well, I'm stressed. I mean, it's also a good rebuttal to those, you know, fucking people that love to, like, say, like, oh, well, the, these, like, people in the inner cities, you know, wanted better conditions. Why don't they just vote for the right politicians? It's like... Because they got fucking jobs to go to, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Like, They're when you're gonna working. They're going to get evicted next week. <laughs> yeah, when you're working multiple jobs or, like, whether those are legal or otherwise. Yeah. Like, you don't have time to, like, sit down and research the difference right. between Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, spoiler alert. There's not many. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's never uh, claimed to be indigenous. Yeah. It's like, bitch, I got three <laughs> jobs. I don't care about the difference between socialism and democratic socialism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's the God's honest truth is, like, people that are like surviving in inner cities and mm. below the poverty line yeah. are too fucking busy for this shit and you know that's also a big part of the reason why propaganda is so effective yep you know <laughs> anyway uh yeah we got to move on let's move on to, oh yeah this is a great one We're, lakers uh, lakers or some real west coast vibes now hello this is our quarters hey baby what Gangsta kids, baby. Uh, ES to the G. Yeah. LA. Seven seven cutlers. I move my ass to Cali with my Indiana bucket. I need to slap a wet one on the frame a little rusty. They call my shit a scraper and the beta bitches love it. And I'm choking on some Cali good. Been on the cruise of Crenshaw since a little nigga watching boys in the hood. Since Ricky got killed, copping that corn bill. Before the palm trees pussy in the recording years, I was overdue for a visit. A valley bitch with family in the shot gave me the digits. The A when they the sex was great, perfect the art of fornication. Put a bitch out the cop or a bar, your county conversation. All my hoes from way back. Want me to be chilling where they at? She out until I die, but bitch, and lay is where I lay at. My children gon' be raised at. Where they gon' place my grave at? This magic ball to team me brought new meaning to that LA hat. Shout out to the blocks. Inglewood Common South Central. I don't think I've ever listened to their solo But every time they come on a track, I'm just like, oh, yes. It's so smooth. It's just, it's like watching one of those syrup pour ASMR videos. So good. I mean, this is, this is. 
one of them this is one of them classic love letters to la you know that classic west coast hip-hop mm-hmm. la song i yep. don't know if there's much more you can say about it like this is just a big a big love letter to the city of la you know the birthplace of of gang and well the birthplace of uh west coast G- g-funk we'll yeah say. there we go birthplace of g-funk <coughs> uh yeah 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 Let, let's let's move on we uh we're on a time crunch here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry if this is your favorite album and we're speeding through. Yeah, the I, I have a hole in my teeth that needs repairing, <laughs> and uh, my dentist stays booked, so I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next song is called "The Knicks," or just "Knicks," I suppose. Pippin' on the assist, I'm watching Jordan drop a double nickel on the Knicks. That was 95, couple of us ain't lit in 96. Game banging, can't slang it, had us caught up in the twist. We was middle school fools, life was rushing past me. Fresh on Tyler's the bus, biting up in Pulaski. Uncle hit me off with a zip, now I got some cash. You want where you get some money for Nikes, my mama asked me. Uh, I gotta sell a nickel bag. Stress weed, million seeds, where the liquor at? Mad dog 2020, kept a nigga loose. Murder was the case, that's if a nigga takes the gin juice. Cause then we gon' be riding on some bullshit. Shoot up a nigga crib, that's some hood shit. And I could give a fuck who in the house sleep. Waking up the neighbor, shoot my tray at the police, bitch. Uh, yeah. I gotta sell a nigga bags, bitch. Uh, yeah. This is one of them classic, uh, New York love letters. I don't know. <laughs> I think it, I think it's a love letter to Nickelbags and Jordans. I know. I just wanted to make. Di- I know. <laughs> want to make the joke because the the joke is the last song was the, the right. Lakers. Well, and apparently he's Knicks. not a Lakers fan. Yeah, <laughs> so that's even better. That is funny. <laughs> Man, he probably doesn't even like the Knicks either. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it's another good one. Yeah. What, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's go on to Shame featuring BJ the Chicago Kid. It's 2 a.m. The place is gonna close. I shut it on down, baby. Yeah. The bartender looks as though he knows. So you wanna do this shit tonight because it might hurt, baby. You know? Here we are again. 
I Indeed. I got I gotta uh say something about the elephant in the room, uh, and that is how Freddie Gibbs talks about women on this album. Oh yeah. It's not great. No. It's not great. He is talking about a woman who would post his bail and pay for his lawyer and fly out to see him, but she's not important enough to not cheat on or no, actually have a not. real relationship with. So like Freddie, uh no. No bad. No. <laughs> Yeah. That girl paid for your bail. Nope. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I, I, I've listened to enough of this type of music to where, like, it just kind of rolls off me at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like that's it just kind of comes with the territory. It comes with the genre. Like, I, I wish like. it didn't. Yeah. Because it um, sucks. Yeah. Like, because these women are in the same shitty position. And he's just right. like, well, I'm more important. So yeah. fuck you. So yeah. This is my least favorite track on the album. I but, think that's you fair. Know. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's that's me on my little feminist soapbox mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like that I have every right to be on because yes. I totally know why or how he thinks this way. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. No, I, I know this is not divorced from context, but this song specifically is like he's complaining about a girl that he fully has a relationship with, but he's like, but I need to be able to cheat on you. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> cheating because it's not a real relationship. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about no. But I mean, it's like I said kind of earlier. Once you get to this point in the album anyway, like, yeah. you kind of run out of things to say because uh, there is, it's the double-edged sword of, of sonic cohesion, if mm-hmm. you will, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, we got we got two tracks left, all right? We got, uh, this, this one is called Watts, featuring Big Time Watts. Ooh. I'm a vampire. The South. Well, here's making me itch too. Yeah, man, well, I'm gonna tell you something about that motherfucking stuff, man. Fuck you, nigga. You lost a family out. Is this one just you a skit? So oh, I think this one might just be a skit. Uh, no, this is actually a I'm real life uh, phone call from this phone. Oh. Where he had his uncle was cussing him out for abandoning him. Freddie said this um, about this track in his interview to Microphone Check. It's only certain people that could talk to me like that, and he is one of them. And you know, when he's mad, he doesn't like he don't mind speaking his mind. And like I said, man, things were like that humble me, made me never ever forget where I came from. The dispute he had was definitely ridiculous. He was calling the phone because he was mad. He's been a real source of joy my whole life. You know, I think we all have this relative. Yeah, for like, sure. For- <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done it in a while, but like, you know, for me, like I, I got an aunt that will sometimes call me or my mom just absolutely screaming. Right. But we love her because she's family of and course, also that's you know. from the brain damage. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, last up is our title track. Yes. Right? Yes. This is Pinata featuring Domogenesis, G Wiz, Casey Vegetables, Sulamane, Michi Darko, and Mac Miller. Fucking stacked, man. Live like 95, I rhyme and come alive. My grind device, fine through my divine eyes. It's prime time. You wish you could buy time, but it's my time. Thoughts against I blasphemy, it's like a vice prime. I roll them thick and I ignite mines. I don't even get high, I just get equally back in my right mind. I'm getting lethal with these nice lines. Creeping through your speakers, catch you sleeping like a thief off in the nighttime. Young dimes, none you niggas correspond, bitch. Kick the fuck out of the tracks and John Claus shit. Get the fuck out of the streets, nigga, I bomb shit Shit ain't all good no more, y'all on y'all con shit Fuck 
fuck is your conscience? Testing me is nonsense. The whole city is mine. I'm the best off in my conference. Ain't feeling me fine. Ain't gotta listen to my shit. You can hear about me from the critics all on my dick. Bitch, I've been thugging since the motherfucking 10 speed. Red on all my handlebars. I like my bitches mixed breed. Feel a Philly Titan with a 20 second stress weed. Educated at the stove, I'm working recipes. Reputation say I'm robbing just for recreation. Revive my enemy with gun to mouth resuscitation. Can't wait till this the pussy nigga pay me. I'm impatient. Let's go kick in they dough and strip them naked. Leave them stankin'. No witness, no weapon, my nigga. The case is over. All right, I'll cut it off there. Uh, I do like that, how much Freddie changed up his flow for this. And once yeah. again, Domo, weirdest flow. I love it so much. One, one of the things I think is interesting, because obviously this is a big posse cut, right? Right. One of the things I always thought was really interesting about this song that separates it from like most posse cuts, mm-hmm. usually the person whose album it's on is either the first verse or the last verse. Right. Where Freddie goes second on this yeah. one between um, Domo and G-Wiz. Right. And then... Uh, Mac Miller has the final verse. Which is kind of, given what happened to Mac Miller in, was it 2015? So this was like a year before he died, No, right? no, no, no. He died way later. He died in like 2018 or something oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when. But. The, uh, the 2010s were kind of a blur for yeah. people with, uh, you know, the abuse mm-hmm. and whatnot. So. <laughs> yeah, because I know Swimming, or Circles, I think Circles came out in like 2020, and that's his like post-death album. Right. Um. Which, honestly, you know, I might get a little hate for this. I kind of think Mac Miller has the worst verse on this song. I mean, he can't be perfect all of the time. It's it's just, he has such a, he just does not fit the vibe that every, like the energy that everyone else is bringing. And it's weird that it was the closer. Yeah, right? Like, Like, his his verse is very good. mm -hmm. He has, like, his rhyme scheme is very good on it. But I feel like Freddie should have finished it out. As far as, like like matching the energy of the other people on the song right it feels like everyone's in the studio passing the mic back and forth and then and then like mac miller like sent is like in a room somewhere else right. like, like recording his on like the notes app on his phone like, oh my god so i don't know my favorite my favorite <laughs> verse is probably either gibbs or uh michi darko michi yeah. darko has a very good verse on this song yeah um yeah i don't know Hold on. Uh, like, so so much of uh, uh, Max verse reminds me of that like viral uh, Eminem thing where he's like, "Yeah, I can I can rhyme with orange because he has my endorphins are morphin absorbent energy original copy a tale of two cities gets read to me." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there there was another. I don't feel like finding it, but there was another very funny line like that. Rage, he's uh, uh, absorb it through your pores. The Lord with horns of world war, horrors are more whore or dwarves when it when it's a world tour. O'Doyle rules, oh <laughs> and then God. it just ends. He just kind of ends right there, and it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. And then the song is eight and a half minutes long, technically, it's... but it's really only five and a half minutes long, and then the end part is a skit, like. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever actually listened to, to this to like the actual end end. I don't think we. Yeah, because I think you. Um, yeah, because the last two minutes are just kind of. Yeah. Nothing. I don't know. It's 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 a weird closer for me mm-hmm. because it's the title track. Apparently, it was initially uh, the title was Cocaine Pinata. Yes. Um. Which is a very fun name. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
I do have a feeling somebody was like, okay, but can we just call it pinata? Yeah, for Freddie, sure. Freddie, can we just can we just make it a little bit more accessible? Which, like, at this point. Which, to be fair, I, I mean, <laughs> it is pinata is a better album title. It is. It's clean. It's cocaine simple, pinata is know. a very funny song title, though. It is. <laughs> they should have called the song cocaine pinata. They should have. I, I was actually gonna say it's very funny that Freddie Gibbs is kind of known as like a coke rapper. Like, I <laughs> I understand he like sold coke, but he I don't. I think, but, like, and I, I would need that, like, hip-hop numbers account to, like, fact-check me on this. But right. Freddie definitely has more songs about weed than he does about Coke. He, he also has much more of a weed vibe yeah, than but he I does, think, like, a Coke vibe. But I think it's because being labeled a weed rapper is, like, kind of lame. Yeah. You know, it's like you get put into, like, like, you get, like, the most annoying fans in rap i feel like and like you get put into this box with people like wiz khalifa yeah. and, and, and like uh early kid cuddy and stuff and it's like yeah that do- like freddie definitely seems like he wants to be more in like this gangster yeah like lane it's whereas- it's uh, we rappers are just a little bit more juvenile or there's snoop dog and there is no in between mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. um but yeah I'll, yeah I'll speed through some of these negative reviews real quick yeah because because of this being such a popular album especially with music critics uh boy you've got some contrarians in here oh i bet uh andre 59 gives it a 47 on album of the year.org and says freddie this is better than bandana but still don't trap bro and it's like well it's not a trap album anyway <laughs> uh someone uh said uh, as is tradition with all Mad Lib albums, the production fails to even spike a small interest in me. It's just so boring to listen to. Absolute, really? Absolutely nothing redeemable with this production. Really? Freddie Gibbs saves the project as much as he can, but he can only do so much with this type of production. Many tracks overstay their welcome, too. I do like some of the tracks here, but there is more bad than good, unfortunately. And it's like, this is, like, this is... Uh, what happens when, I mean, we, I, I think I said something similar on the like gay creeper episode, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, this is what happens when a bunch of like white teenagers on like r slash hip hop heads yeah. listen to something like there's no, where's the fucking eight Oh eights. Where's the, like, you know? Yeah. It's like, sweetie, where's the not big every- strings. Not everything needs eight Oh eights and big strings and a pop star like singing the hook, you know? Yeah. Like, people are allowed to do different things in their rap music, yeah. as it turns out. It's a very diverse genre. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's kind of funny how many of these reviews specifically say that the Danny Brown verse is bad. How dare they come for I my mean, boy like this? People, I, I am weirdly <laughs> protective of Danny Brown, even people, though that is a fully grown 40-year-old <laughs> man in my heart. He's like the sweet little 19-year-old, and I'm like, must protect! Pe- pe- <laughs> people in 2014 just were not ready for Danny Brown, I feel like. I feel like they weren't, and it, I feel like he's finally getting his roses yeah. now. I think it's, his voice is just so nasally and jarring. Yeah, it's that, different. Like, yeah. It's iconic. Um, But anyway... Let's, let's let's move along uh best and worst tracks um i would say my favorite track is either high or shitsville mm-hmm. and then my least favorite track is pro i mean well uh, probably either like shame or, yeah. or nicks i don't really like nicks that much yeah i think my um, favorite is harold's it's just yeah, a fun song. Is great. You know? But again, you know, I've already voiced my criticism of shame. You know, yes. I, um, maybe don't don't let people pay your bail money if you don't intend on being monogamous. Right. You know, I'm just saying. But uh yeah, I I think 
that does bring us oh no plugs plugs yeah you can Uh, find us at mbf records pod right yeah don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at mbf records pod uh you can follow me on uh twitter at frequency shifts and you can find me on instagram tiktok and twitter at amanda moonchild and oh, oh no oh no wait what, what did we sh- what it, why did you oh no why are you making that face oh, what did we pull what's the album next week we are doing spirituality and distortion by igor oh my god so to <laughs> so going right back into metal yeah but not like traditional metal in any sense no. of the word no so get ready for some fucking weird shit next week yeah you know as is um completely different for us we definitely don't do weird shit on this podcast every single week yeah <laughs> but uh see you next week see you next bye. week bye, bye.